NetSparker, the developers of a comprehensive automated web security platform that includes web vulnerability scanning, assessment, and management. NetSparker's desktop and cloud-based security solutions employ a unique and dead-accurate vulnerability scanning engine that automatically verifies vulnerabilities and provides a proof of concept. For more information, visit them on the web at securityweekly.com forward slash NetSparker. Are you an enterprise dissatisfied with overpriced analytics software that can't keep up with modern data? If so, then GraphWell is the solution for you. GraphWell is an unstructured data analytics platform for enterprises who demand total data visibility across their network. GraphWell lets your security team go beyond the SIM and fuse data sources to correlate and answer questions you didn't know needed to be asked. Go to gravwell.io forward slash security weekly for an unlimited data trial and gain uncompromising visibility today. Welcome back, everyone, to Paul's Security Weekly. Quick announcement. Learn how penetration testing reduces risk. And there was a Twitter user, and I wish I had that person's handle, but they said, hey, penetration testing doesn't reduce risk. People actually doing the remediation steps outlined in the report, that's the part that reduces risk. I couldn't agree more. We're going to go through all that and more in our next live webcast with Core Security, a help systems company. You can register for said webcast at securityweekly.com forward slash webcast and check out all of our on-demand webcasts at securityweekly.com forward slash on-demand. No stranger to the show, Mick Douglas is here with us, even when his job title has indicated otherwise. Mick Douglas has been doing information security work for over 10 years. When he's not geeking out, you'll find you'll likely find Mick indulging in one of the numerous hobbies, including photography, scuba diving, or hanging out in the great outdoors. And fortunately for us, he's hanging out with us tonight. Mr. Mick Douglas is here. Mick, welcome. Hey, how's it going, everyone? It's going fantastic. Uh, Mick, I was uh, excited when I saw the title because the title had the the word fantastic in it, Project Fantastic. And then it was like bringing CLI to GUI users. And I have to be quite honest. I was like, what is that? What What does that really mean? And when you explained it to me, I was pleasantly surprised because I think it's a really great way to lower the bar uh, for doing instant response forensics, asset discovery, and uh, otherwise gaining visibility into hosts without... Uh, and I was talking about this uh, actually with, with someone earlier today. You know, we talk about gaining knowledge in a specific area, and we were talking about cloud, right? But this could be anything. You don't come up to speed on things, like truly, in weeks, oftentimes not months. I mean, we're talking years sometimes before you truly understand things. And even then, there are, of course, people that know it better and have explored different aspects than you have. Um, So to ask everyone to be an expert in PowerShell command line interfaces or even bash on Linux or whatever it is uh, in the course of their jobs over weeks or months is not a fair assessment. So uh, with that kind of introduction, Mick, why don't you explain uh, and, and give us a demonstration of your Project Fantastic. Sure. So that's a very fair way of uh, putting it. You know, um, I had a very interesting thing happen when I was on an assessment with a client. They have a really sharp group of folks that they have at their company. But the thing that surprised me is I asked them, hey, go do this thing. And I was expecting them to crack open a PowerShell prompt and just start banging away at the command prompt. And they just glazed over. And it was really weird. I said, well, can't you, like, do you understand what I'm asking? And they say, yeah, we totally get what you're after. But, like, we don't even know how to do that. And, like, 
what like why why do we have to do it at the command prompt why can't we do it from the gui like we do a lot of our stuff from the mmc snap-ins and i was like well i mean you can but it's really tedious like here's how you do it at the command prompt at the gui command prompt for powershell and i just like quick cracked out like this thing and Right, like it, PowerShell gets a bit of a bad rap for a couple reasons, and one that people will say is that sometimes your commands like wind up being as long as your arm or even longer. Yeah. And in this case, we, you know, kind of had a chuckle about it. And these folks said to me, they said, "Well, can't we just make it a little bit easier? Like, we're not asking you to dumb it down." We don't want the bar lowered. We just want that learning curve flattened a little bit. Can you make it a little less steep? And I well, kind of like, you know, yeah. to your point though, I I think that it it's not about uh, how you get there. It's the result that matters, right? Yeah. So like, it doesn't matter what language you use. It doesn't matter, you know, the, the te- it's the result that matters, right? And I'm, there's efficiencies and in, in different things and skill levels thrown into that mix, Fair right? Point. But yeah. it, what you're describing, what I'm hearing is. The end result is what's important here, right? Oh, yeah. And like how you get yeah. there, whether it's command line, GUI, or what flavor of each you might you might use, it doesn't mean the person, uh, you know, hasn't put an exorbitant amount of effort into their career or job, right? right. It just means they might arrive at a different, uh, the same answer in a different way. Jeff, absolutely. And you know, oh, hang on, just, hang on, Mick. Jeff, oh, go ahead. Jeff wants to weigh well, in on that. I think we were just talking about it last week. The, uh, you know, I agree with you in principle, but that can, that that concept of it doesn't matter how you got there can be taken a little bit too far. If in getting to that destination, you're leaving gaping holes here and there. No, so, I agree. And if, you know, if the time so is... So there's a principle there yeah. that, that only goes so far. I agree. And, and also time, right? If, if yeah. I get there in... in months when it should really only take me hours right like there's there's some you know there's other factors in there uh yeah duly noted Mick. yeah and that's a fair point you know like i like to joke that you know if i found a magical puppy dog that could just give me magic results that would be fine and for a lot of people they don't care how they get the result but for us as professionals we do need to have something that's repeatable and auditable too in uh, how we do what we do. And so one of the things that this kind of sat and rattled uh, in my head for quite a few months, and I finally um, had a really weird thing occur. I was playing an online game, this uh, web-based game that a friend of mine pointed me to, and there was something really pleasing about this game. It was uh, one of those like, um, you know, like the Civ, uh, building games where like you build out a town or you build out the globe. Um, this game was you were building up a town. And the thing that was really pleasing about this game was that as you were working with the town, like you really couldn't make too many mistakes. And as you worked with the town, more features and capabilities became available to you. And so what I wanted to do was reach out to the author of this tool and get some pro tips on like, what he did and how he thought and what was just beyond bizarre is he said, well, Hey, would you like to like work on a project with me where we do this? Cause I don't do infosec stuff, but I do user experience type things. And it sounds like this is a user experience issue. And so we started collaborating hmm. probably around just shortly after new year's maybe. 
And um, we've been jamming on this and we're now at a pre-alpha uh, version of it where I want to get the wider community aware of this and kicking the tires. Cause I know we've got things wrong here, but I want to start sharing with you like what we've got and how it looks and what it feels. And I also want to point out some of the um, things that we spent a lot of time on are not the UI. It's more of the backend plumbing features. Mick, I, I just I want to go back to a point that you made that I, I think is very interesting in terms of software design and very applicable to a lot of things that we do and we're asking of others to do as well in IT and operations and software development. And that is starting out with some new technology, like you put it in the context of a new game, where there's only a limited set of features in the beginning. And once you master those set of features, then then you gain access to more features and then more features, right? I kind of wish things like AWS would do that, but oh, also man. to Jeff's point, when they do that kind of thing in AWS, the like easy way that you start out with is typically very insecure. So yeah. it's, it's very like we came full circle already in our whole discussion, right? Like, yeah. The, the, there's a lot of different angles to this, but I like the concept of when I start doing something new, I want to start with basic building blocks like uh in legos right they have got those big gigantic legos the duplos yep and then the like you get to smaller legos and then you get to moving pieces and then you get to motors and, and all that stuff and it's a progression yep and that's kind of what we're trying to do and uh, one of the things that is really brutally tough and something that we've struggled with and frankly we probably haven't got quite right is finding out where to set that dial on yeah mediating it too much or giving everybody everything. Now, right now, I believe that in most cases, everybody's got this, you can do literally whatever you want and there's no kind of guidance at all. So they're just, they almost hit like this vapor lock of analysis paralysis of mm -hmm. a sort, but they just have too many choices and they don't even know what to do. And also, I think as you get more advanced, there's more than one way to do things, oh, yeah. right? Not just command line versus GUI, but, you know, as we look at programming languages and command line interfaces, there's more than one way to accomplish a goal. Now, some are more elegant than others. Some are more efficient than others. But those also require, I think, a deeper understanding. Like, Joff, when I, we, you and I talk about Python, right? Like, you can envision that in a very succinct uh lambda kind of function and get it done in one line right whereas like my line my 10 lines of code is, is doing the same thing but it's not as efficient right and so we don't want to no, overwhelm totally them. true right I, it, you know it's one of those things one one of the curses of training in this uh, i mean training other people in this is that you get so wickedly good at, um at saying yeah, yeah those 10 lines of code could become this too <laughs> lines of code, you know. Right, right. And uh, um, and Python definitely is one of those languages that lends itself to that. Um, but uh, um, it, you know, you also illustrated another concept that that uh, I, I'm well and truly aware of, and I know Mick is as well. Once you start teaching things, you yourself go through a transformation. Oh yeah. And and the transformation starts with. Okay, I got to learn it to teach it. I, I got to get this right, and you, you sort of have a a stress bubble at the beginning, but then you kind of plateau out into this thing where you're like, "Holy crap! I, I I can literally 
do this in my sleep. And not only that, though, you start to absorb it into your very being. Um, and uh, it, it, that's the amazing thing about teaching. I, I'm sorry if that's a tangent. No, uh, I, but, but I think you're I right. You become that. so comfortable with the subject, right, that uh, it becomes second nature. And I think the other aspect of that is that you understand the edge cases and you understand why things work and why things don't work. And we covered that last week, Jeff, I don't, I don't think you were on last week, right? But there's yeah. an article we covered that said you, you have to, when you're programming as an example, understand why things don't work and understand why things work, right? Oftentimes people will just get things working in an you know, IT ops scenario, especially when you're under pressure and not truly understand why. And when you have to teach something, you have to know both both of those things and you have to know every edge case of why that doesn't work and why that works and that's when i think you start to reach that kind of plateau where it just becomes second nature yeah so, that's exactly true you know i know mick as he's teaching has probably had this exact comment on an evaluation and i'm going to say it the man is a mind reader yeah um, you know the, and, the, the and, question and the answer before it's asked exactly mm -hmm. and so what happens to you is you see an expression on somebody's face and you just answer the question as you're teaching and you watch their face change yeah. as it's resolved. Right. <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. Um, I mean, th that's also just experience. I mean, mm. there's nothing meta true, metaphysical going on here. I mean, uh, I, I've, I've certainly had that type of experience in other contexts that had nothing to do with teaching programming. Teaching, yes. But uh, I was just going to add, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with what Joff was saying, uh, although I think he... You know, he, he had mentioned earlier that he hadn't had a drink all week, so he might be getting a little bit tipsy because mm -hmm. you know, he's he's almost getting teary-eyed here in, in, in his... <laughs> very emotional. Beliefs. He's very emotional right now. <laughs> oh. well, well, we're talking about programming, which that's a it normal is, person kind of glazes over. Uh, right uh, uh, yeah, I, I understand. understand. <laughs> so, no, Tell sorry. us a kangaroo yeah, joke, Joff. <laughs> yeah, we, to we totally went off on a tangent. We Let's did. Throwing it back to Mick. Let's throw it back to Mick. Yeah. All righty. So, um, so here, here's the deal. Uh, what um, this developer and I have done, Sebastian is his name. Hey, Sebastian, I uh, hope you get a chance to listen to this. Um, what we've done is put together some common uh, use cases that we would see people needing to do and have um, uh, Sebastian came up with the idea of using Node to um, be the broker that handles all this stuff. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go ahead and get this node project started and then uh, show you how it looks and um, how it works. And um, we'll show you the nice GUI side of things and then I'll highlight some of the code because one of the things that Sebastian has done a fantastic job and pun absolutely intended has mm -hmm. done an amazing job of making the code unbelievably clean and easy to read. One of the things that I was quite pleased when he chose Node is it's all JavaScript. And so it's Wait, a much did lower you bar for... Clean and easy to, to read in JavaScript <laughs> in the same <laughs> sentence? Really? Wow. I, I, that's yeah. impressive. It, I, yeah, I, I'll tell you I, this. I his, code, his code is clean. You, uh, I'll have a couple uh, uh, snippets to show you. Yeah. And I think you'll agree that it's actually really, really approachable, and um, I'm, I'm just super excited. So uh, let me get this kicked off here. Let's do it. Mick's going to get this party started. Oh. I 
<laughs> As he's kicking it off, I can't help but thinking maybe the best programmers aren't hackers. I well, I and I would or I would agree with that. I, yeah, I there there is something to be said, Jeff. While Mick, uh, you know, it teased this up uh, to getting the job done and thinking about things like very differently and getting it done, which I think is more of the hacker ethos. When I see like brilliant software engineering, I think it is a very different kind of discipline and, and different uh, results in, in, in the execution of it, right? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, well, it's and, and I, think, I think we're lazy too. I, I, think I agree. It's, it's, well, it's simplicity, it, but it's also laziness mm. to some degree. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of it also comes from like, what exactly are you doing? If you're just doing get or done code to, you know, check off that task list, that's a different thing than when you get something that like really like you can't even sleep at night because you got to get that done because it's like burning your soul. And that's what I think we're brushing up against. I don't think we've hit true obsession level yet, but we're, this is definitely a labor of love. So mm -hmm. here's uh, what we've got is this tool that uh, just is handled via NPM and it periodically polls. Now, what you do is with any regular uh, web browser, then you point to your local host on port 5000. And then what you get is hopefully, if all goes well, uh, it helps if you spell local correctly. <laughs> uh, like that, that's not the screen you want to see when you're, when you're spinning something up. I see that screen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Live demos can be a bit. Five thousand so and uh, HTTPS. So here we go. There we go. There we hey, go. Hey, that looks fantastic. Hey. Yeah. So you are now looking at a view of the network, at least as it pertains to my house. And I've got my one machine that's connected. Now I can choose and start showing different connection states. So who's in listen state, I can just hit that search and then it'll update the graph. Now that's as expected. I'm not running any. Uh, software on this, right? So that would make sense where I would have a demon listening. But if I change it to established, I can see only the ongoing connections that are taking place on my machine. Or let's just go back and uncheck that and see every single thing. So now I have my view of everything that's going on in my system, at least at the network layer. Now, if I want to dive in and start interacting with that host, you just give it a click and the slide out uh, action bar pulls up and you get all kinds of interesting telemetry about what's going on, but you also have this actions section. Now the actions are where you can do things like adjust firewall status, get some information about how that machine's configured and it's all point, shoot, click, 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 and it just freaking works. So you run it, and after a moment now, we get the results on here's when this last ran, and I can start enabling and disabling firewalls. I'm not going to do that because I'm sure you guys would start hacking me. But what this allows you to do here, and the whole point of this 
is to flatten that curve, make it real easy for somebody who understands the concepts to do what they need to do without getting all tripped up on the, oh, you, you forgot to do dash capital A, you did dash lowercase r, and aren't you a dum-dum? And that's kind of the things that we're trying to push against with this particular project. That's really cool, Mick, um, because, look, one of my, and I don't know if this is your personal um, uh, motivation slash weakness, but one of my personal things uh, is that I struggle to remember syntax because syntax to me oh, is mm, is murder. kind of a th ethereal, right? It's just it's like come murder. and gone, blah blah blah. And 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 you know, uh, at Black Hills, uh, you know, Bo, Bo for example does really good work with Tradecraft Security Weekly because it really focuses on that aspect, that process aspect. But to anything that we can have that makes that easier um, is a real boon because, honestly, professionally, syntax doesn't mean crap. No, it, I, it, I was going through this, uh, you know, like actually just today, trick. like in, in, in different languages, like I just I want I know that the value of this variable or list or whatever could be null. Right. And I'm like, I just want to check for that. And if you go to every you know different language, that there could there's different syntax for checking for that, right? And it's like uh -huh. I know what I want to accomplish. It's just the syntax of how to get me there that often you know can trip you up. Yeah, and and anything that can get us over that bump, that can that can that can smooth out the. Mm. I mean, I, I'm ultimately I told my I've told my wife years ago I cannot wait, and, and maybe I'm a freak. Well, I probably am a freak. I cannot wait till I can just plug in a neural interface. And yeah. just think it, right? Yeah, you're a freak. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm there with you, Jaffa. Uh, I'd be happy to do that anytime. Also a freak. There you go. Oh, man. I don't know about all that. Hey, it so, has to be uh, one way, though. There's going to be no reprogramming my brain because it's a scary, scary place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, then never mind. <laughs> so I, I have to ask silly questions. Yeah. Or a silly question. I thought I understood what I was looking at until we started talking about syntax, and I, I, I don't understand how what I'm looking at is reflective of understanding or knowing syntax. Right. Um, so great question. Um, one of the things that we're working on, we were focused on just having a nice, super easy mediated experience. One of the things that we will be doing is. And we're playing around with where to put it back in, but a very early version of this, there was a bar. Um, kind of like if you've ever played with ZenMap, they do this really well. When you are using ZenMap, the GUI for NMap, you go through and you click and select your different options. It builds out the command line that you would be running and has the command line equivalency there. And we're going to uh, bring that back in. Um, there's some, there were some um, issues with with that that we've pulled. Well, but we're not... I haven't used ZenMap, but I, I I think I'm hindered by uh, things in my past that did similar, or at least what I assumed are similar sort of network mappings. But I'm gathering that I'm not really looking at a network mapping here. But uh, you know, back in the early days where there was such a thing as a client-server relationship in the network, you would do network right. mapping to try to understand 
you know, where where primary choice targets were uh, understand sort of the the data flow logic flow, and, and and that was done for network health purposes as much as it was done for you know developing attack scenarios. And I was just giving a presentation today where I was talking about the past, and I had one of those graphics up. So I think that's what's you know I'm looking at this like oh that looks a lot like. Uh, uh, TKI NED, which we used twenty some, uh, you know, twenty five years ago to map networks, but yeah. that's not what I'm looking at. I don't think. Oh, you know. Or am I? Well, maybe. I mean, so one of the things that kind of there's an old, old. It's still uh, used, but there's an old app called Kiops NG or Kiops. I don't know how it's pronounced. But mm -hmm. it, it um, maps the network graphically, but you really can't interact with it. So what conceptually mm -hmm. I think, and I, I'm not certain, right? This is still under very active development. Where I think we're right. moving to is something that will be somewhat like a Multigo environment where you'll have objects that you can interact with and you can drag them around and do whatever you want. Yeah, it, it mm -hmm. reminds me of the, what was the, at Tenable, Jeff, the network mapping vulnerability mapping thing oh, the thing that, about the enterprise security um, yeah no there's there was uh, there was something built into nessus that i never really saw work but supposedly it did network mapping i mean an old vulnerability scanning tool one of the early ones uh, called ballista had a, a had a, a graphing mm. capability that was it was it was tron literally it was like tron you were you were flying through the network it was like uh, uh, like TCL, like a tickle script, right? Yeah, yeah it was like a tickle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so I, I mean, a couple silly thoughts. I'm looking at this and I'm like, wow, this this reminds me of my three year old grandson, where he's the center of the universe. This is not client server. This is I'm in the middle of everything, <laughs> and 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 everything revolves around me. Uh, and and then my other final comment is is there's sort of a an optical illusion, sort of a cylinder effect of the the addresses or the I can't even see it because it's so small on my screen. The services, the white circle thing in the middle, is it yeah. is it creating a cylinder that's facing left or is it facing right? It's driving me crazy. Oh, that's that's <laughs> the is the dress blue or mm. is it saying Yanni? I don't know. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But now, uh, Mick, you can drill into any one of those, correct? Yeah. Um, so you can get uh, additional info about uh, that particular connection and, and work with them. Uh, we don't have many actions in the stable or uh, air quotes, right? This is uh, heavy dev in, in uh, mm -hmm. this version. We don't have actions for them, but um, we do have ones that are um, roughed out that can do things like kill that connection, uh, make a firewall block for that one. And, uh, you know, just, Basically, the idea is you can interact with that thing and do stuff. And part of the reason that I'm bringing this to y'all and to your audience is so that you can get an opportunity to like kick the tires on this because we're going to make this project um, public. It was private. We're going to make it public. And I'd love for people to make mention of like, hey, here's some things that we could do. And I see somebody in the Discord mentioned uh, like Armitage for Metasploit. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good way of thinking of this. It's just another way of representing data that for some users, for some folks, will be more approachable. 
and hopefully have a lower barrier for entry. Hmm. I mean, I'm... <clears throat> yeah, what, what I like too is if you don't have a domain and you're a home user or you're a uh, SMB or small business with a domain and you're not an Active Directory ninja, right? These are some of the things you're after. It, how you so get there hard. takes a lot of effort and a lot of learning, a lot of training, and it changes very rapidly, right? To be able to use this tool to understand, like, what is my host doing? And then uh, know that, I mean, you know, even without being an Active Directory ninja, like, you may know uh, when my host connects to this particular IP address or on this port that that's bad, right? Mm -hmm. Or if there are three times as many connections uh, than there normally are, like that's bad, right? And giving the those users the ability to uh, do that forensics and incident response without, uh, you know, uh, before they are becoming that Active Directory ninja, so to speak. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. And one of the things that we've uh, also started stubbing out here, I've just moused over in the lower left corner, we have these things called quests. What we're going to try to do is gently nudge folks into exploring how their system works. And so there might be like two or three daily quests, like find out when your machine last rebooted. You know, a lot of people are surprised that Windows 10, when you do a sleep or a shutdown, it doesn't actually always do a full restart. And so looking for machines that have an uptime that's over 30 days can give you an indicator of, hey, maybe there's a host here that hasn't had a patch. So that, that kind of stuff, like we're trying to like just make it so that people can get exposed in a more graduated or gradual way to see how sysadmins and security people think in a way that's not super, well, intimidating. I mean, I like the command line, but I got to admit, there was a good year before I was really comfortable with it. And I think for some folks, that's too high of a price to pay. Oh. Well, I, I think right. essentially further further than that, Mick, I mean, there's a lot of us in the industry that, you know, love the power of the command line. But I'm going to tell you right now um, that, A, I've done this for a few years, and B, I've actually forgotten more than I mm. think I've learned at this point. Yep. Um, yep. And so there's this cycle of where is that swapped out knowledge? And to have a tool, uh, and, and this may not necessarily be where your tool is going, but to have a tool that, that, that reminds me of that in a nice, friendly manner, that's actually cool. It's a useful thing to have, right? Um, yeah, you know, people like Tyler, you know, oh, his command line is probably right fresh on his head right now because he's, he's a youngster. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, there is, there is a point, um, it, it, there's really two demographics. I think that, that, that are potentially, mm. uh, addressable here. There's a point of, um, the journeyman just learning, but there's also the point of, God, I've had enough. I've forgotten so much. I, I. I just need a little prod in the right direction. That's that sort of other end of that curve, you know? Sure. Yeah, Jav, I, I went through the same thing, right? Uh, you know, largely my focus has been 
writing software and Python and, and doing Linux and containers, right? And then I had to do some Windows forensics. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm like, it's been like 15 years or so since I've had to do like really heavy-duty Windows forensics. And my son got some malware on a, you know, on our Windows system. And I was like, what were those tools and commands and how much have they changed in the past 15 years, right? I mean, exactly. that's, that's easily a couple of days worth of research. And I'm like, I want just want to get this system back online, right? And right. tools and, like and this here's the, help. Here's, here's the deal, Paul. It's not that conceptually, conceptually you don't know what to do. Right. Conceptually, yeah. you have the experience. You know exactly what you I, need to I want to see processes. I want to see what files they're accessing. I yeah. want to see what network connections, what ports to what hosts. I want to see the uh, statistics on each of those. How many hosts are they connecting to? How different is that from when they connected to before, right? And if the tools have changed in the past 15 years and I haven't used them in that long, like getting to those answers is an exhaustive study, right? Unless there are new tools that make it easier for us to go, oh, yeah, I, I need to answer these questions. Like, just help me answer these questions, right? And, and, and frankly, you, you see a lot of people in our industry, like, busting their asses learning all this syntax. Mm. And I, it, part of me feels a little bit sad about that because syntax is just syntax. It's not really right. about – it should be more about the end goal. What are you trying to achieve you know, um, having said that, we need to have some Python. I'm sure there are Python scripts that exist to run on Windows to get some of those answers as well, right? So you can you you, know, you create your own journey, so to speak, I right? Think, I think there's some sort of middle ground, though. I, I get what you're That's saying about there, there's there's no need to you know remember and have to learn every little nuanced detail of syntax. And and I come from the C programming world, yeah. and never claim to have understood indirect pointers. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but I think there's somewhere, there's a middle ground between what Joff's describing as, you know, understanding the concepts and remembering the syntax. If nothing else, there's a, you need to know enough to know where to go to get the right resources, the right cheat sheets, the right helps. And if yep. that's a GUI, it's a GUI in order to get your job done. So you're not taking a week to do what you know you should be able to do in 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Like configuring my Cisco switches. Like it just keeps coming back around, and I've gotten better because I've had to do it more often, right? But when I was uh, working at the university, and Joff, I'm sure you were there too, right? Those commands on those switches were second nature, right? Because I need I needed to know oh, yeah. how to turn a port off, how to you know do all those things, because that's how I was basically turning off people's ports that were infected with malware and worms, right? Uh, and then you, you come back to it ten plus years later. And I'm like, damn, I wish I had saved that cheat sheet somewhere, right? Because I just need the cheat sheet. I know what I want to do, but I can't remember all the syntax. That's a great example. Well, well, well I got was, another there example. Was, there's, more, there's more to it than that, though. There was a part of me, Paul, and I don't know if this was you or not, but there was a part of me that felt kind of uncomfortable that, wait, I'm a tr like somehow I'm a trained monkey because I know some syntax? Yes, yes. And, right. and, and I was, I, I grew beyond that obviously clearly, but, um, it, it's, I think it's almost the trap in the industry, uh, that we have to be careful. Well, about. let me ask you a philosophical question, Joff or Paul or, or anybody LS or Durr. 
Oh, it's LS. It's uh, yeah, it, yeah. But but to just point, that's just syntax, right? You yeah. it is just uh, syntax right. so, with experience. Uh, and, you know and, what you and, want to accomplish, and whether and or not you know, you know or can I don't know remember the syntax. Well, I don't is know just if I don't know if it's still done or not. I'm sorry, Paul. I don't know if it's still done or not, but you can alias your commands. So yeah. if you're if sure. you're having to jump over to Windows to write your report in Word, and you and you want to do a listing, and you're like, no, which <laughs> what am I sitting on again? But if you've got it all programmed in, the type either one, and you get what you want, I think that's a good thing. Look, th th there's some value to it. I mean, just sort of playing the devil's advocate to my own statement. I mean, I, mm. I you know I have operators. Uh, that work with me on the Black Hills team that are supremely good. I mean, I'll bring Bo up again. Bo is like wicked fast. Bo, I love you, man. If you're ever listening to this, um, Bo can do some trade craft like nobody else I know. Right. Um, and so to have him on a team with me and be able to execute what I'm thinking, essentially yeah. be an ex an extension right. of kind of where I'm going, that is fantastic. Um, it is really, really, really cool. And pe and people do need to have those skills, but to a point, right? Th there needs to be an easier way. And I think what Mick is sort of broaching with, with his ideas, and many others have broached this, is there's got to be a way to, uh, to appeal to, to a wider audience such that you don't need to be a tradecraft uh, specialist on, on 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 purely syntax. That's not to degrade what Bo's doing. There's more than just yeah. syntax. There, well, okay? and, and Joff, you know, to yeah. your point, I think to be really effective as not just a, a, a leader, but you know, a, effective in achieving your your goals and objectives. Right? You may know the process and have the understanding, but the syntax and like how you get there could be a tool like Mick has uh, produced or it could be a person, right? And so when I had those people on my team, right. I'm like, I want to know like on every single system, if one of these Windows hosts made a connection to, you know, this port and it was this size and they may know the syntax to get that answer very, very quickly. That could be a person or that could be a tool. And we need both of those things, right? We need uh, yeah, we people need with all. different experiences and different knowledge, right? We also need the people with uh, the analytical thinking to go, these are the answers that I need. Like, again, how we get there could be different, could be part tool, could be part person, right? And, and we need to all work together uh, to right. basically get those answers, right? We, we want the answers. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And Mick, so we're looking at some code that uh, yeah. is helping us get some of those answers. Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of talk about how clean this code is, right? So here I've just highlighted the command that was being run a little bit ago when I showed um, the updated firewall status. And the point behind this is we want to make this be easy for the user, but we also want it to be easy for the devs. And so if you are somebody who considers yourself to be pretty handy with doing um, command line slinging, and you want to make it easier for folks to, to jump aboard your party, but they're not yet ready for the CLI, you can help build out these modules. And this is one of the main things that I want to really highlight is that this code is unbelievably modular. 
It's super small, very easy to parse. I mean, even if you're not a, a, a hardcore coder, you can at least read this and understand what's going yeah. on. The it's, thing that's bugging me, like, is when you define the action constant, like that curly brace isn't closed before you <laughs> define the next one. Like, that's really bugging me. Oh. <laughs> and I guess that's because I'm from the Python, more Python in yeah. C discipline than JavaScript. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll tell you. And I'm assuming that's a scoping thing, that you're closing those uh, curly braces down below and that that's a scoping thing. Look, I got yeah. to give, give Paul a shout-out, too, because good job, man. PEP8 compliance matters. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank this you. isn't Python. I know, I know. It, 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 I think it's hard to go from the more C and Python-like languages to JavaScript for the, for some of those reasons. Yeah, yeah, that's one of, okay, that's make one of the just busting your chops, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> we just got to tell Paul to let it go. Mm. Yeah, you got to pick your battles. I mean, heck, you know, I've done a lot of stuff in PowerShell, and I just the syntax still in PowerShell I find bizarre. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like Bash and uh, and and VB script got together on a fling or something. <laughs> oh yeah, yikes! Where's Where's Lee when you need him? Lee Holmes. Yeah. Hey, come on. You know, the thing I, I keep thinking about this is that this is so much easier than remembering all the command line options. That's exactly the point. And what I envision and what I'm starting to see is that in my own lab and what I'm doing with this tool is that I'm starting to blend and I'm using this for certain tasks that are easier to do via the web console. And I'm doing other things via the command prompt. And if you think about that, like if I'm going to be selecting individual files and copying them to another drive, I'm typically doing that through some file manager, not through the command line, because that gets a little weird unless I'm doing like a select star or a, a, a move star. If I'm doing like onesie twosie files out of a bigger list, it's a lot easier sometimes to just open up your file manager, hold down that control key, and then you know, single select, you know, multi-select a couple single files as needed. So that's kind of the stuff that we're doing here. And what I'm hoping is that the folks, it sounds like there's some interest that we're scraping some interesting uh, nerves. It sounds like this, there's some merit here. And I would hope that folks come along and join on Project Fantastic help think of what sort of use cases you would like to use this tool for. And even if you're not a coder, just let us know, like, hey, we would like it to, you know. So, like, so Mick, here's, know, here's a good one for a machine you. Or, like, change the wallpaper purple. Like, I don't know. Yeah, Mick, so here's a good one for you. Here's what I would like it to do. but and, and it may be on the screen and I can't see it just because of sizing and stuff. But when you're clicking on each one of those commands and that bar that pops out on the side or you're doing some action, Put the associated PowerShell along the bottom. We're working on that. So we'll have a, in an earlier version, there was a bar that had the actual PowerShell command that was being run, but we had to yank it for uh, some glitching issues, but that's going to get fixed. So that should be coming back in soon. Um, one and of the then, other and things then that we're doing. on top of that, even yeah, if you can edit the command. So, oh, I'm learning more about this. And if I, you know, the command with, with the tool is this, but I know if I add this extra little thing at the end and yeah. I execute that, it will do something else too. Yeah. 
Yeah, second that, Larry. Sorry, man. Okay. 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 I'm totally oh, sorry. It sounds I'm like Mick's on it already. Sorry. <laughs> Did he just start coding? <laughs> so, no, because I still see a screen. <laughs> made, made a note of that, so I'll, I'll fold that in. There's one other thing that I want to uh, talk about. Uh, Paul, you mentioned something that I thought was really cool, and I'm super happy that we're heading in this direction, is on our in the server code, we actually have a database file. And so we actually can handle that sort of analysis of what is the normal for this particular host in terms mm -hmm. of who they talk to, how often they talk to, and that sort of stuff. So that is starting to get uh, built up there. So, so you're storing in the database for each host uh, a series yep. of records, right? That this is yep. what they normally do. It's awesome. Very cool, Mick. Very cool indeed. Yeah, it's been a fun little project. Cool stuff. And uh, now, are you making this repo public uh, like tonight? Yes, we'll be uh, making it uh, public tonight. Fantastic. We'll be updating the uh, wiki show notes page uh, for this episode, in uh, particular this segment, uh, number two, uh, with uh, the link to that. So, Fantastic. Cool. McDouglas. Awesome stuff. It, it was, it, you know what I loved? It was uh, a lot of more of the philosophical aspect of how yeah. we interact with systems and, and ask questions and want to get to answers more so than I thought like the technical aspects of it. Uh, but I thought that was really cool how that worked out. That was one of the more philosophical tech segments you've ever done. Yeah. But it, I'll be honest, that wasn't ex where I was expecting this to go. But awesome. man, that was fun. So yeah. thank you. That was a lot <laughs> yeah. of fun, Mick. Thank you so much. And again, check wiki.securityweekly dot com it's episode 650 uh and we'll update uh that with a link to the uh very shortly uh public uh github repo so everyone can check it out and provide mick and sebastian is the other developer on yes, the project sir. uh some feedback awesome thank you so awesome. much thanks mick with that we'll take a short break come back you, and cover the security news for this week stay tuned don't go anywhere